0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Here's Pastor Shad Purcell. Happy Valentine's Day from the most romantic movie ever Top Gun. Did you recognize how absolutely awful Maverick and Goose sound until, until when? The backup singers came in like, okay, that was rough. That was rough, rough, rough vocals. That was a miserable duet. But then the backup singers came in. The backup singers make all the difference. And that's what I want us to learn today as we talk about marriage. I want us to honor marriage. And I want us to get a picture of marriage as a duet in need of really great backup singers. That's really what marriage is. Marriage is like a duet in need of great backup singers. So I've got a picture of some really cute duet there. We've got Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. If they get divorced tomorrow, I'm going to be really upset that I use that picture today. But they're a pretty safe bet. I think they've been married almost 20 years. They've sung. And then in all of us, in our marriage is a duet in need of really great backup singers. Now, as we talk about being sick of the same old love, there's one old love story that's been told time and time again. I got the book right here. It's a William Shakespeare book. Uh, I'll give you one guess what it is. You nailed it. Yes. Yeah. so Romeo and Juliet, sick of the same old love. Look at them for a second. They had the worst backup singers ever, okay, right? So you think of even Romeo saying words to one of his boys. One, I think it was Mercutio, or somebody says, you know, he jests at scars that never felt a wound. And that sounds really poetic, but you know, like... It means your friend doesn't have your back. In modern day translation, it's almost like saying, don't bro me if you don't know me. But he's like, I have no backup singers. It's just me and Juliet, me and her against the world. So what happens in the end? Everybody dies. I'm like, come on. That's not love. That's tragic. That's a little tragedy. That doesn't go very far. Romeo and Juliet never got to grow old together. They died before their wedding flowers even wilted. That's the sick of the same old, same old. So we want something new. So I've been searching for some new books, some new things. How can I help teach and help married couples? So I found a good one. This one I want to use today. I got this book called 50 Ways to Please Your Lover. Can I use this one today? Is that okay? Is this church appropriate? I, I could put my Bible in there. The, Bible's, the, Bible's got way, the Bible has way more than 50 ways to please your lover. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, let marriage... <laughs> Sorry, we need to just take a moment and a that? The Bible says, "Let marriage be held in honor among all." Now, what does it mean to honor? Okay, we live in San Antonio. We know something about honor. So, I just I want a little bit of crowd response. What does it mean to honor something? Be faithful. Yeah, to be faithful, loyal. What else? Wash the dishes. Wash the dishes. <laughs> Gage, did you hear that? And she nudges you. I know he does it. Does he do it without, Gage, do, the, do you do the dishes without complaining? You are a better man than me. I do them, but I complain the whole time. What else, what else does it mean to honor something? To buy paper plates. Buy paper plates. Okay. Change, paper. Change the toilet paper and get it on the right, get it going the right way. You know which way goes right. Top over. The other way is unbiblical. It is. What, any other, just a few, a few words. What? To believe, yes, yes, to believe in each other, to believe in God, to trust, respect, to cherish. cherish. That's a good word, yes. To communicate. These are all, I think we could go on forever. I could tell we could have one big small group. Let's just all go to lunch together and have this conversation. It, this is what it means to honor something. We're going to communicate, we're going to cherish, we're going to love, we're going to respect, we're going to do the chores. This is what it means to honor. And I, what I want to do today, in the time we have when well, I've got a microphone on, on Valentine's Day, I want to look at five practical ways that we can truly bring honor to marriage. So I've got a list. So for those of you that are list people, going, this is a story church. We always tell stories. I'm going to tell stories within the, in the context of a list. So list people, this is your day. You can take notes. I've got five things, okay? Okay. So the first one I'll talk about in practical ways that we can honor marriages, these are ways that we can become really great backup singers for the marriages around us. Not backup singers that you want to turn down or tune out, but these are, we want to have backup singers that we want to like, they they could turn us up, okay? This is one of the first ways. Honor your child's marriage by picturing a future together, by picturing their special future, what that looks like. So if God has blessed you with marriage and then God has blessed you with kids, how can you honor those kids' future marriage? This special future marriage, because I get to officiate a lot of weddings, and one of the most beautiful things I ever get to see is when a, a father is walking his daughter down the aisle. There's this beautiful moment. It's just, it's just them in this moment, and he speaks a special blessing over her in that moment, and I get all goosebumps, and I smile ear to ear, because it's so amazingly beautiful. A father speaking a blessing over his daughter. I'm going to say, Dad's, Don't wait till that day to start speaking the blessing to your daughter. You start now. You start often. You speak those blessings from now until that day. And then from that day, you continue to speak blessings into their marriage. Let your voice be one that your daughter wants to turn up as a good backup singer for her marriage. So how do we honor our child's marriage? We want to paint a special future. Paint a picture of the special future. And I did this kind of by accident. I recognize I made an acrostic, which I've never done in my life because I think acrostics are cheesy. But you'll remember this one now. How do we honor our children's? marriage, we go deep, okay? So the D in deep is dream, and E is educate, the other E is encourage, and then pray. When we talk about dream, it's like this. I'll start with, have you ever had your kids come to you and they're just so full of innocent joy and wonder? They say, I want a pony. And everything goes through your mind logically at first going, can't afford a pony. We don't have space for a pony. Who's going to feed the pony? Remember what happened to the hamster, the goldfish? The, you know, like, you get, like No way. You, you squash the dream right there. But if we dream with our kids, what if instead we go, oh, wouldn't a pony be fun? What would you name your pony? Alejandro? That's a good name for a pony. <laughs> I could just picture you riding Alejandro to school and you'd, you'd leave him on the little tree outside your window and you'd wave to him. Like, so we're going to dream. So same thing when our children come to go. Mom, I think I'm in love. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) Alejandro. You don't know anything about love. You're too young. You, kill, you don't know the first thing about, you know, if we dream with our kids, we go, well, well, tell me, what do you love about Alejandro? Do you want to start picking out floor plans? You know, for a house, we could be you know, like, let's walk this thing through. I don't want to squash our children's dreams and in their, in their heart and their dreams that they eventually, you know, they, they tune us out. They're going, well, mom and dad don't know anything about love. They haven't had an original thought since 1982. Um, so I'm not going to talk to them about, a, you know, they know the same old love. They know the same old, same old. But no, we want to dream with our kids in there. So that's one of the ways we can help them. We can cherish their future marriage by dreaming with them. And then educate them. Teaching, I got two little boys now, and they're not little anymore. They're growing. They're alleged, turned eleven and nine. They know how to open a door. Their their mama has not opened a door for herself in about five years, I think. And we're talking. Like, I'm tre- This is what a, this is what a gentleman does. And a gentleman doesn't just open a door so we can check it off the you know the chivalry list. A gentleman opens the door because he has a heart that wants to serve. So I want you to have a heart that serves. And so we're educating them like that. We're going. This is what mutual submission looks like. This is why Daddy's doing the dishes right now, hopefully without complaining. Um, What does it look like to have a happy marriage? We educate them. And then also we encourage. We encourage going, okay, you can do this. You're going to be a good husband someday. One of the worst things I ever did uh, to my young sons was a week they were being, they were just really selfish. And the selfishness that they were showing towards each other uh, reminded me a lot of some of the husbands that I was working with with some really wounded marriages. And I said, if you keep doing this, You're gonna be like some of the husbands I'm working right now that are fighting for their marriage. So quit being so selfish. You know, I was trying to make a teachable moment and I ruined it. I squashed them. I didn't encourage them. Uh, I need to encourage. So in our children, in their future marriage, we encourage. Like my boy Cooper, uh, he learned to ride his bike this week. He's been fighting it forever. Um, Just just didn't want to. um, But this week he wanted to ride his bike. So I mapped it because I got a little GPS watch. I was like, I'm walking next to him. We took the training wheels off. Um, I'm walking next to him with his bike. And I was curious, how many miles have we walked like this? So the last day, the last, and he's getting better, so he's getting faster. The last day I, I clicked on, two miles later, I've been doing this. I was like, why am I so sore? Because I've been running like this for two miles. And my boy told me, the day he finally, he finally got it last week, I let him go. And he's free. And I'm um, my boy's riding a bike, and he goes, Daddy, I had to tell you, when you were running next to me, I just kept thinking, your feet sounded like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. It was Like, yeah, yeah, and you did it. And the same goes for your marriage someday. <laughs> You'll be a good husband, so I'm going to you know, continue to encourage, cheer him on, and then pray. If we're going deep, we're going to dream, encourage, educate, and we got to pray. we got to pray just to make it today. you got to pray for your children's future marriage. Every night, my wife is way more faithful than me. She is out-parenting me in the, the category of praying for my son's future spouses and their future marriages. Every night, uh, we have, we call it cuddle time. Um, my boys still aren't too old to cuddle. You know, we spend a little time. We have family Bible time, and then we, you know, brush your teeth, and then I go hang out in one kid's room for a while, and we talk about the day, we talk about their hopes. You know, is everything okay in your heart? And then, you know, we switch, tag team, my mom, my, my, my mom, their mom, my wife. Well, it was weird. Um... <laughs> we're going to talk about smothering mothers later trust me that's going to be part of honoring marriages but we, we switch and you know so i go to the other kid's room and, and i and I, I realize why does it take my wife so much longer to do cuddle time than me because usually i fall asleep after five minutes of cuddle time hey how's your day you know the <laughs> daddy wake up and get out of my bed um but she's praying for them. It's like your prayers are so beautiful. She's praying for the, the the purity of their future spouse. She's praying that they will, you know, they're growing up in a strong household that loves Jesus. She's praying that they'll be, you know, this beautiful united mutual submission. She's praying that God is just there. So it's absolutely beautiful. We pray. We start praying right now uh, for their for their for their future, and we don't just wait for their, um, you know, just just now in our kids' marriage. We also we pray for, we work for, we do everything we can to honor uh, their marriage when they, our children grow up. So in our list of five things, number two is you honor your adult child's marriage by separating from him or her relationally, emotionally, and financially. Not completely, but you're gonna have to, there's going to be some separation here. There's a verse that goes with this in Genesis 2. It's from the very beginning of scriptures. Jesus, God has created everything and he says, now, now, therefore, A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast, or sometimes it says cleave. You're gonna leave and cleave. He'll hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So do you wanna see a picture of what what you get when you don't let your children leave, when you just continue to hold on to them, when you become the smothering mother? Do you know what that looks like? It looks a lot like everyone loves Raymond. Remember this, you remember the mom Marie? Yeah, anybody got that mother-in-law? Don't raise your hand, you'll be in trouble. And I get to, when I officiate weddings, sometimes a mom or like especially a smothering mother will say something like, I don't feel like I'm losing a daughter, I feel like I'm gaining a son. I'm like, no, you're kind of losing a daughter because she just became someone's wife right now. And everything changes in this. And if you don't allow them the space to leave, um, you're going to really stunt their growth in their, in their life as husband and wife. So everything changes. I believe that it's almost like the change that happens from a caterpillar into a butterfly. You know what happens when the caterpillars just spend its whole life just kind of crawling around in the dirt? Uh, and then it goes in that little cocoon thing. What's that, what's that called? Chrysalis, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got this time inside the chrysalis. And this is a, a phenomenal picture, I believe, of what it looks like when we, when we help and nurture and honor. We become great backup singers for our children's, uh, our adult children's marriage. There's this season of being in that chrysalis, that, that cocoon thing. Um, there's a huge transformation of like a caterpillar that's just crawling around in the dirt, and all of a sudden it's going through this transformation, and it's hanging upside down. And while it's hanging upside down and pushing through that little chrysalis to become out where it can spread out its wings, the, the struggle of pushing through the cocoon, through that chrysalis, it's an opening. It takes a long process. It's a, it's a struggle. And if you tried to help the butterfly out and just, and just opened the little chrysalis up for it, you would absolutely stunt its growth and it, growth, and it would never be able to fly because it wouldn't have the opportunity for the, the blood to squeeze down through its wings. Do you see where I'm going with the marriage applications here? If, if you continue to pay all your kids' bills and make sure he can always drink Starbucks and never Folgers and you make sure he has all the good things in life, you never allow him to struggle a little bit, you're stunting their growth. Now just imagine when the butterfly gets all the way through there and blood has now come out to its wings and it can open its wings. Think about it in marriage, all you knew before was crawling around in the dirt like a caterpillar. And now you get to be you know, fully in full glory. You imagine a butterfly, what What are these? All I knew before was crawling on the ground. Shut up. <laughs> what? So. When, we, when we're allowed to have that struggle, the struggle is good. The struggle is worth it. The struggle pumps all the blood into the right thing so we can spread our wings and enjoy the beautiful, glorious thing that God has created in marriage. So moms and dads, don't stunt your kids' growth by not allowing them to have some of the struggle. The struggle's good. The struggle's worth it. You can spoil your grandkids if you want to. Don't, your, don't have to spoil your kids. Spoil your, spoil your grandchildren and allow them to to have some quality time. That's number three. As we honor marriage, I'll talk about honoring quality time together. Every marriage that needs this, every, every, not, not there's no exclusion, every marriage needs this. You need daily delay, weekly withdrawal, annual abandon. I'll break these down. First off, we need a daily delay. I believe in every marriage, we need at least 15 minutes of distraction-free, technology-free, kid-free, just time husband and wife communicating, eye-to-eye, looking at each other. So young kids, this is one of the ways you can honor your parents' marriage. You're already going to bother them when they're in the bathroom. Daddy, daddy, mommy. But when you see daddy and mommy talking together, let them have that moment, that opportunity together. A verse that goes with this comes from Song of Songs, and Song of Songs is really just a beautiful kind of love song between a husband and wife, and, and she writes this about it. She says, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Now, now wives, you just go ahead and roll up with this verse. If you like, it sounds a lot more romantic than, hey, we need to talk. Or, hey, where's my daily delay? We need some time together. Like, just roll up here and go, you know what? I'd delight to sit in your shade. <laughs> your fruit is sweet to my taste. I promise you, he will put down the remote. Even if it's the, even if it's the NBA All-Star game right now, he will put down the remote and go, okay, um, I'm down with that. And the daily delay is so important because... It's just a moment. But, you know, I didn't marry you so that we could become roommates or strangers. I married you so that we can have quality time together. We both, we both need that quality time together. So I believe it happens daily. Seven days a week, there's those, you know, if, you're, if you're separated by distance or travel, whatever, you know, we're making that call. We're making some opportunity to make sure there's a moment where the whole day stops and it's just you and me and we help honor them by, you know, everyone by having those opportunities. If you are a kid right now, you give your parents those times, those times to have really good talks. For my wife and I, this usually happens right after uh, cuddle time when we got the kids in bed, um, and I get ready for bed in about five minutes. Like most men, I think, we brush our teeth, we're good. We look at our face, it's still there. We hop in bed. Um, <laughs> There's a, there's a magic process that happens for my wife. It takes, you, know, about five times that amount of time. So in these cold weather days, what I'm doing, I'm helping to prepare the daily delay moment to be good. I lay down on her side of the bed. And I wiggle so it's nice and warm. Um, When I'm really going top-notch, I'll iron the sheets. So when she gets in bed, she just just rolls in, warm. And I vacuum press her in there with the iron so she's just solid, warm. And that's a good way to start the daily delay. Uh, And then TV's off, and we start in prayer. This has been new for us. Um, And you're like, Pastor, man, you just started praying with your wife? (laughs) Yeah. um, uh, You know, we've always prayed during dinner. We've always prayed during a crisis. But on a regular discipline of like, you know, In this moment, let's have prayer time together, just husband and wife, and it's been so beautiful for our relationship because the studies say, Dr. Phil's studies say that if a marriage has a strong prayer life together, their chances to divorce are one in 10,000. I'm going, wow, so way beyond just divorce-proofing our marriage, there's just something strong about sharing the intimate bond of prayer. So in our daily delay, it includes includes prayer. And usually that prayer leads into some really good conversations. And then what happens if we never watch, you know, NCIS later? It's okay. We had a really good conversation that night. So in daily delay, uh, weekly withdrawal. Weekly withdrawal is really like once a week. This is get a date night. And it doesn't have to be a date night. You know, my wife and I, most time our dates are like going for a morning run on Saturday. Uh, a verse for this is from Song of Songs 2.10. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Men, if you want her attention, just use these words. Say, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. We get a date night. Date night might require some humility and asking for some help. It might mean make sure the budget has room for babysitter money. No couple has ever said, I really regret all that money we spent on babysitters. And they said no one ever. Like, that's time that you're spending together. Good quality time that you need. And then an annual abandon. I believe you need family vacations, so don't like, put this in place of family vacation. But a, a few times a year, or at least once a year, like get away overnight, away, not at your home where there's still dishes to be done. Um, my wife and I just went to Austin for, we did the, the 3M half marathon together. That was like the biggest reset button in our lives ever. It was absolutely beautiful to spend that time together, to chase her in her cute little running shorts for 13 miles. You know, it was just a good, that was a good, good date. That was our annual abandon. Song of Songs says it like this: It says, "Come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom. There, I will give you my love." I tried to sound sexy, and I couldn't. I just, I'm goofy. I can't. I don't have sexy voice. And what we need, we need to salute grandpas and grandmas. Abuelitas, abuelitos, we need, need, uh, abuelas, thank you. I was was trying to speak Spanish and just ruined it, you know. But we need our grandparents to help in this. So honor marriage by making sure that, that marriages can have good quality time. Speaking of grandparents, I want us to honor senior couples. Let's honor senior couples by recognizing the commitment and then following their example. Almost reverse engineer your marriage going, okay, whatever they did that, took, you know, that got them to that 50-year mark and more, that good until death do us part for better or worse, even if worse became before better, we're committed. So when you look at the couples that have been married 50-plus years, you go, how do they do it? They must have been so compatible. You know, they maybe they just left each other alone, or they're just so in love. No, it's beyond all that. It's a commitment A commitment to growing and nurturing. Commitment uh, in marriage, it flows from character. Commitment is making the choice to give up all the other choices. And commitment does not look for greener grass, but what commitment does, you know, it recognizes there's there's a senior couple in our church, and they were telling me, you know what? In our day, if something broke, we fixed it. We didn't just go get a new thing. So that's a commitment. So that commitment does not look for greener grass, but commitment stays home, and it waters its own lawn. But what about when a couple's neglected their lawn? What about when a couple hits a rough patch? One of the ways that we honor marriage, one of the ways we become phenomenal backup singers is we honor couples in crisis by advocating for both spouses, not just one. So what happens when marriage, it looks more like a duel than a duet? What do we do? Well, first off, we listen to and we validate their feelings without making them feel bad or, or, you know, You've got a friend and, and their marriage hit a rough patch and she needs to talk. She comes to talk. You listen. You validate the feelings. You say thank you for sharing. You don't wait for her to shut up so you can say, I've been working on your marriage for a long time and here's what you do. And, and you have a whole list of names for the jerk that she's been married to because you can't wait to, to nail him. No, 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 no. We advocate for both spouses, not just one. And we'll point them in the right direction. Uh, Maybe that's the time of going, hey, and this is a season of like, we're going to really need to hear from God clearly. We need God's word. So what if we have a Bible study together? What if it's you and me? We get together. uh, We have coffee. Let's open the scriptures together in this season. And what if you point them to our counselors on our website, our our city church website? We've got a list of the counselors that we refer to often. They're top notch. They love Jesus and they want to see marriages grow uh, and that's the same reason we started reengage so long ago. That's already full here, um, and it's already full on the other campus. Um, but we'll try to make room for you at the other campus if you really need some reengage time now. Uh, I, it's it's full because it's always full because there's always marriages that have that hit some rough patches that need help, and reengage is also marriages just just growing and getting strong. There's a, uh, we also have the honor, in seeing what reengage has helped so many couples. Uh, somebody wanted to just just remember what Reengage did in his life forever so he inked it so you'll see this is Leroy's leg if you see a picture of Leroy's leg uh, that's our Reengage logo a couple of gears and one of the gears looks like a wedding ring and and those things work together when love and respect work perfectly together that's what Reengage helps us do so if you know a couple that's hitting a rough patch or if you yourself like man our, our lawn's kind of dead and the grass is looking greener everywhere else and I need to, I want to water my lawn I need the I need I need help how do I do that and reengage is one of the ways that, that we, we've learned to help. Cool. And then one of the best ways I think we can help couples in crisis, you ask them a simple question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was raised from the dead? And if the answer is yes, you say, praise God, guess what? That same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is available to raise and resurrect your marriage, to breathe new life into it. God can do that and he promises he will because God's a huge fan of marriage. He created it. And if you ask your friend with a marriage in crisis, do you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? And they say no. No. Well, here's an opportunity for us to speak life into into them, that they can breathe eternal life and go, let me tell you about a Savior who loves us, who died for us, who gave his life for us, who who knows a little thing about love and losing that love and feeling. In fact, Jesus spoke these words to his disciples one night, the night before he was betrayed, when they had just had the first ever Lord's Supper, the night before He full knowledge that he was going to the cross, he spoke about love. And Jesus said this to his disciples, folks that were sick of the same old, same old. He said, a new command I give you. And you can imagine, the room gets quiet. Everyone leans in, oh, Jesus is going to say something new. He's always saying wise things. This is a new thing. What's Jesus got to say? Don't miss this, because this is huge. A new command I give you, love one another. And now you might be thinking, okay, amen. Or you might be thinking, hey, pastor, come on. It's got to be more than that. Hey, come on, I, I finally got him to come to church today. Fix us. We fought all the way here. It's got to be more than just love one another. Well, we, we miss it if we, if we don't listen carefully. Jesus just took a, a word that we usually assume is like a feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. He takes love and he makes it an action. He puts it into action. A new command I give you, love one another. And then Jesus takes it even further and here's the new part that no one had ever heard before. The next words leave the lips of Jesus just there's something new. They stunned the room. They stun us now. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is compassion. This is unfailing love. This is, this is husbands, now love your wives like Christ loved his bride. His bride is the church. We are the bride of Christ. We love one another. This is the way we honor marriage. So let marriage be held in honor among all and let us love one another with the same kind of love, that same kind of eternal love in which Jesus Christ loves us. Let's pray together, okay? Father in heaven, we need your help desperately need your help. We humbly come before you asking for your help. Send Jesus, Jesus strong in power and mercy to heal what's been broken, to restore what's been uh, destroyed. Father, we know that you love marriage. Thank you for how much you love marriage. You give us faith and hope and love. So breathe new faith and hope and love into our marriage. Let there be hope like an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. Let there be love, eternal, compassionate. Love that honors marriage. Love that sings strong backup for the marriages around us. Thank you that this is all possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Through his name we pray. And all God's people said amen. 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 Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.